Welcome to the What's Good Games podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Renee, joined by my lovely, as ever, co-hosts and maidens of the video game world, Miss Alexa Ray Korea. What up? Christine Steimer. Hi. And back from rocking her socks off, Brittany Brombacher. Hello. That was my Metallica voice. Ah, okay. I was like, that's scary. Uh, Can I what? How's your hearing? Oh, actually, my ear... That's funny. Uh, my ears didn't ring, actually. I was really impressed. I don't know if it's my old age or if I'm just getting more resilient. You've just lost age. the hearing already, so like, yeah. you can all damage yeah, you any further. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that you had a good time, but we are gladder. Is that a word? No. It is now. Uh, that you're back. Yeah. Um, because we got lots of um, video games and stuff to talk about this week. So before we do that, I just want to give a big shout out and thank you to all of our fans around the globe who are listening to the What's Good Game podcast or watching the video on YouTube at youtube.com slash what's good games. Britt, we have exciting news. We're on a new platform. <gasps> we are. We are on Spotify. Spotify oh, was... shit. Ah, they were rad enough to accept us. It was a grueling application process. Not really. We just had to submit <laughs> some numbers. And they were like, of course you can come on. So please check us out on Spotify. We were on some of the featured podcasts. So that was exciting, too. Thank oh, you, that's Spotify. awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. So if you guys are looking for another <laughs> platform to rate and subscribe and download our podcast on... Uh, that is another one you can do that. So uh, thanks so much, Britt, for getting that together. Um, we have a cool thing coming up at the end of the month. PAX West, the Penny Arcade Expo, is happening in Seattle. Oh God, it is so soon. <laughs> coming so quickly. That's uh, what she said. Oh, God, sorry. Um, Hold up the pillow. We have ah. a panel, you guys. What's Good Games Live? If you are going to be in Seattle at PAX, please come visit us at Saturday September 2nd at 5 p.m. is when our panel will be. We're doing a a fun activation with our friends over at Take This. We will also be volunteering at the AFK room on Sunday. So you can come visit us there as well. And uh, we'll have more announcements about what the rest of us are doing because it's not just What's Good Games. I'm doing some stuff. Alexa's doing some stuff. These girls are doing some stuff. We'll have more announcements um, coming very soon. So please keep an eye on our social media account. That's uh, What's Good underscore Games on Twitter. And of course, What's Good Games com where you can find all of our announcements. So speaking of topical stuff, it's time for some news. Boop, 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 news boop, boop, time. Boop, boop. We should get like a news jingle. Or yeah, something. yeah, we really should. Boop, 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 doo, doo. No, it's just our theme song. That's just our song. I was gonna let her keep going. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first story: uh, Battle.net is undead. So this is an interesting one. Um, so this announcement came from Blizzard. They said when we announced that we'd be transitioning away from Battle.net, the name for our online gaming service, we suspected that the shift would be challenging. We understood that Battle.net stood for something special. It represents years of shared history and enjoyment, community, and friendship for all of us. And and our players. Battle.net is the central nervous system for Blizzard games and the connective tissue that has brought Blizzard players together since 1996. The technology was never going away, but after giving branding, 
After giving the branding change further consideration and also hearing your feedback, we're in agreement that the name should stay as well. Taken from the developer formerly known as Silicon and Synapse and Chaos Studios, names are important too. Moving forward to help offset some of the original concerns we listed back in September, we will be connecting Blizzard to Battle.net in our logo for the service. And in general, when we refer to it in print, you'll see it as Battle, or excuse me, you'll see it as BlizzardBattle.net. Not Blizzard's Battle.net? No, just BlizzardBattle.net. <laughs> Branding. So, silly. Hiding is hard. How do you ladies feel about this? Were you upset when you heard that Blizzard was changing the name of Battle.net? No. Was I upset? No. <laughs> There's other things in life to worry about. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you, but the internet got mad about it. Well, what? that's the what the internet does best. This <laughs> is true. I mean... But- It's been around since 96. I think it launched with Diablo at a time where Blizzard built this, if I recall correctly, because at that time in 1996, there wasn't a very easy way to connect with other players online and communicate with them, chat with them. There were other programs, but I think with certain uh, games, they didn't work very well. So Blizzard made Battle.net. And so I think I have the quote here. Uh, In 2016, they said, over time, though, we've seen that there's been occasional confusion and inefficiencies related to having two separate identities under which everything falls, Blizzard and Battle.net. Makes sense. But I think what happened, and let me know what you ladies think, someone up there in the corporate area is like, where's our branding and marketing? People see Battle.net. They don't know that's Blizzard necessarily. Anyway, that's my Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think somebody was like... Wait a minute, how do people know that these things are connected? And you're like, well, most gamers just know because we've been here forever. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're probably correct in that somebody knew. And especially they're probably going to be bringing in a lot of new players with Destiny. Um, the PC build working with uh, Battle.net. Well, I'm still going to call it Battle.net. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, and especially because yeah. like, Blizzard yeah, Battle. I think that's just where everyone a, was, right? It's a silly yeah. name. Like you took a name and you made it sillier, and I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know why, like, but eh. it's like considering, like, if they have to, if they changed it, like the just the migration work that I would go into that and remembering, oh no, now I have to go to Blizzard.net, not Battle.net. Like that's just I'm sure many, many people inconvenienced. I'm sure you can still type in battle.net. It'll just redirect you to Blizzard Battle. It but just sounds like its own video game, doesn't it? Like Blizzard Battle. Blizzard Battle. No, it sounds like it's still going to be just battle.net, but like the name of it in print will be oh. battle.net. Right. But okay. why just That's fine. Blizzard ba- why not Blizzard's battle.net? It Okay, I am bothered by this thing. <laughs> It, so it does not. It does not sound. If you weren't bothered by it the first time, yeah, you're bothered by it now. Like, Blizzard, exactly. Blizzard Battle sounds. Blizzard Battle sounds like a mode in Mario Kart. <laughs> Blizzardbattle.net. Can, can is we like, make this oh, a thing? Okay, Nintendo. Uh, oh, that is Battle.net, which is owned by Blizzard, home of many Blizzard games and properties that I would like to play. So, like, I can't stick the little like Fustibius in there. No. no. Um, yeah, I mean, but they're okay. re rebranding now. They have the best of both worlds. <laughs> they have Blizzard and BattleNet, so all all those involved will be happy because they'll know it's Blizzard, and they'll have the BattleNet Battle dot net. Good job, GG everyone. Yeah, like, Good job. I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. Okay, cool. Everything's cool. fine. <laughs> next next story. Speaking of Blizzard, their their BFF Activision. Um, 
has announced Call of Duty World War II private multiplayer beta. So um, this is interesting. Expect, uh, according to the article I saw over on Polygon, they said, say, expect some of the usual fare for a multiplayer beta, which includes three multiplayer maps and modes, deathmatch, domination, and hardpoint. And those will all be playable. I can talk. Sorry. Uh, I read that real, not eloquently. <laughs> uh, players will get a peek at Call of Duty World War II's new war gameplay mode. So this was developed in partnership with Raven Software, who has worked on previous Call of Duty tiles, as a new way to play Call of Duty multiplayer in an immersive allied versus Axis fight across the war-torn village of St. Lo, France. So that's going to be... Interesting to see what that's all about. Private beta participants will also get a look at Divisions, which replaces the Pick 10 Create a Class system originally created by Treyarch for Call of Duty Black Ops 2. And Sledgehammer is streamlining the class creation system, which will let players join the Infantry, Expeditionary, Airborne, Armored, or Mountain Division, each of which have their own combat and weapon skills. Some of the features, including the new headquarters, social space, and in-game supply drops and loot, won't be available during the beta, but more details on what will be are available in Sledgehammer's post on their website if you guys are intrigued to learn more. So, it begins on August 25th on PS4. Xbox One owners who pre-order will get access to the beta on September 1st. And, of course, the game itself will be releasing on November 3rd for PS4, Windows PC, and Xbox One. Who's ready to shoot some stuff? <laughs> yeah. I think you are, Andrea. I think you are the one. I I appreciate what this means for the shooting fans of the world and for the Call of Duty fans. I'm excited to check out the campaign. I I honestly could give no sh- I couldn't give a shit what's about the multiplayer. Although I respect the importance it has. Andrea, I think you're the only one who's really excited about this. <laughs> yeah well I think i'm might just be. interested to see them you know take a, a different change of pace from the futuristic warfare that we've seen uh in the last couple of titles and i am really excited to see you know sledgehammer back at the helm i think that they've done a great job and uh everything i've seen so far looks really great uh people i talk about all the time how people love to hate mm-hmm. call of duty but they do a lot of stuff right um and the the gameplay has always been fun. I, I really enjoy the single player campaigns. I think that they're really well crafted, you know, pieces of gameplay. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and try some PvP. But I always get to just get crushed in Call of Duty. Did you guys catch any of the Call of Duty World League Championship over the weekend? Nope. Over what? last weekend. So the finals happen, and this, I mean, I mean, this is extremely high-level play, like the highest-level play, and it was really exciting uh, to watch. I kind of wish I had been there. Have you ladies ever attended an esports event? Yes. I went to Evo a couple years ago, and I sat through, Ooh. like, three and a half hours of Smash Brothers, and it was the best, most exciting, thrilling, live-action anything I'd ever been to, event-wise. I, I think it was more exciting than a football game, and I've been to many football games in my life. I loved yeah. it. No, I agree. Like, like esports is is big and getting bigger, you know, for a reason. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to checking this out. Does the World War II setting do anything for you, ladies? Are you? Is it? Does it maybe go? Hey, I don't normally like Call of Duty, but because they're going back, you know, to this era, it's intriguing even a little bit. Or does it make you like it less? Um. So I talked about this a little bit at E3, actually, in the interview with the Call of Duty producer. Um, my 
brother, my littlest brother is a very big Call of Duty fan. And the last game he played, I think, was Ghosts. And he's also a big history buff. So he abandoned it when the series went futuristic and said, I'll go back when it like goes back to history. Like, give me a World War II game and I'll play again. And hearing his excitement when they announced this and getting his text just being like, oh, holy crap, they're going back. Like, I'm going to play. Like, that's exciting for me to see other people that are that that are into that aspect of the game that are into that kind of like era it gets me excited to see them being excited especially like my siblings so i will i like what they've done with it i like what i've seen of how they've shaped the world and how they've built it for their purposes so i like britney i will probably give the campaign a try and play the campaign but i don't like people so you won't find me online (laughs) when when was the last time we got a call of duty world war game like that was like a a while ago right and so i think that's something i'm excited about to jump back into um i played the and i'm sorry i don't know call of duty that well and all the games kind of mesh into one at some point the last one that i played was a futuristic one in space infinite warfare yes and i really enjoyed it but i'm more looking forward to revisiting uh the world wars now that you know the technology has advanced and it's going to be exciting to see what they can do with the storytelling the last that. Call of Duty campaign I finished, not started, but finished, I think was Modern Warfare 2. Like, I have not played, oh, wow. I have not finished a Call of Duty campaign in the longest time. But that, that was being, 2009. What was? Modern, Modern Warfare, Warfare 2. 2. Yeah, Damn. I just, it's not a game that I particularly care about. Um, I do think, I agree with you, like, the campaigns can be fun. But it's not something where I'm like itching to go get it to play the campaign. It's just like if it happens to come across my way at some point. I don't know. I even had I have the game. I have Infinite Warfare. <laughs> you I just walking down the street. Yeah, if I stumble into a if, copy. If, of if I'm walking Call down the street <laughs> and a van comes up besides me and pulls me in and sits me down and says, You need to play this Call of Duty campaign right now. I'll do it. That's the most terrifying scenario (laughs) of a van coming up next to you and pulling you inside. Why? I thought the van was going to pull up next to you and just like throw it at you and drive away. First of all, if you get abducted by a van, I hope you'd call someone before you do anything they tell you to do. (laughs) Or just play a video game. I'm sure it's fine. Timer. Timer. I don't know. Stranger danger. You walking home alone now? Yeah, now I have these like mental (laughs) images of Stimer walking home and a wild Call of Duty World War II like jumps out of a bush and like attacks her. (laughs) <laughs> oh god box. please no <laughs> not the games anything but the games oh my gosh okay. okay no let's hope no one gets abducted ever because that's bad yeah that's true um, <laughs> very moving true. on mewtwo coming soon to pokemon go by appointment only whatever by whatever appointment so, only whatever. slash uh, Ugh, yeah, I, just bad. okay so i say niantic but other people say niantic it's Ni- Niantic. How do you say it, Alexa Ray? Niantic. So I'm saying it correctly. Yes. Perfect. People say Niantic need right. to learn English pronunciation words. Um, <laughs> they just wrapped up their special Pokemon Go event in Japan, where trainers could battle and catch the legendary Pokemon Mewtwo for the first time. That means players worldwide will soon be able to get him, but they'll have to prove their dedication first. According to an article on Game Informer, a new tier of battles called Exclusive Raid Battles are rolling out to Pokemon Go in the coming weeks. These will be different from current raid battles in that you'll need an invite to participate in these timed events. To get invited, players will have to complete 
a traditional raid battle at a site where the exclusive raid battle will be scheduled. Niantech says invites will also be to include details on when the exclusive raid will be taking place so trainers can best plan their attacks. And of course, Mewtwo, the first legendary Pokemon to appear in these new raids. But you can expect to see other legendary types rotating in over time. So, this is weird. It's mean. Weird is an understatement. I, I don't know. So, Britt, as our resident Pokemon Go expert, uh, how do you feel about this news? Okay, so what's frustrating about it is I understand you want to have, like, the community involved. You want multiplayer. You want everyone to get together and have the warm and fuzzy feelings. Oh, yeah, we're catching you, too. Oh, my God, it's amazing. However, are you forgetting completely about your fans who live in rural areas? I hate that word, rural areas that don't have gyms nearby, who maybe only have a few hours a a week to do some polka hunting, who have a very hard time getting people together to do the raids as they currently are. So with this, how it works, and they, they haven't said how long it, how long the expiration time is. You have to just hope that you come across and you defeat a raid monster that is so hap- that's going to have Mewtwo there in the future. So does that make sense? So, there, yeah, so it's, it's like not... It's RNG oh. on RNG. Exactly. And so that's the issue I'm having. I mean, I think the exclusive raid battles, okay, whatever. But if that didn't alienate people like where I live and where my parents live, like we don't have a lot of gyms nearby. And so I have to get in my car and like drive to them. And it's just a pain in the ass. So I'm not I'm not happy. Alexa and I were venting about this a little bit before. I hate it. Um, But Brittany, as the uh, as the resident poke huntress (laughs) here, um, I know Articuno came out a couple weeks back and it was a big deal for people um on a scale of one to like holy shit how important for you as a pokemon trainer in the game as someone who's played a lot of this game and invested a lot of time in it how important is it to you to get to get mewtwo like is this like a giant fucking deal or is this like another big inconvenience no it's a really big deal you know i want to collect all of the pokemons especially the original um because that's like the nostalgia that I have with the series. And that's how I got involved like 20 years ago. <clears throat> and it's really annoying because even the raids as they are, I would find an Articuno raid or a Zapdos raid or a Moltres raid. And I'd be like, ah, oh, yay. But there's no one around me. And you, it's impossible to take down with just two, three people. And so mm-hmm. you would just sit around for like 30 minutes and then try to convince people who come by like, hey, how about you hang around with me? And then we'll have a shot at defeating this boss. And then we'll have a shot at catching it. And it's just not a very enticing system. And you'll have a 3% chance of actually getting it. Exactly. And so I'm just, I don't know what Niantic's doing. I I mean, I understand. Like I said, I don't have a problem with the exclusive raid battles if it didn't alienate those who don't have the gyms nearby or the means to access them. That's my issue. I can't can't help but wonder if when Niantic was, so I played Pokemon Go in its alpha many, many moons ago. I actually went to Niantic and did like a walking tour of Soma where they showed us how the game would work. And one of my questions for them was, okay, this works great in a city like San Francisco where there's a Pokestop every 50 feet and there's all these Pokemon running around and I'm near water and forests and highways and whatever. Um, But how is this going to work in rural areas? And they said that was something they were still figuring it out. And they haven't figured it out, apparently. Yeah, like, mucho time later, it seems to me like if they haven't figured it out by now, it almost feels to me like they are wholesale ignoring the issue of the players not near major cities. Like, this, it has to be... 
they're not like, I don't think they're hand dropping everything, but this has to be something in the code that they're just not going back in and poking at and looking to fix. Um, I think it's actually seeing the fervor around Pokemon Go in the past like couple, like you know year, going to that Poke Crawl with Andrea last year, hearing you talk about it and how much t- time and money you've spent on it, and friends of mine that have went and gotten all Pokemon and have planned outings based on Pokemon Go. I just feel like this is a giant, like it's a giant fuck you to everyone. Like considering how much people love this game, it is an absolute shock to me that Niantic isn't doing more to correct that issue and is still locking things like Mewtwo behind weird arbitrary gates, like being in a big area, maybe participating in a raid and then maybe getting an invite to that raid. That just seems completely unfair, especially Mm -hmm. with trading still not on the table. Yeah. So it's not like you can't send a friend out to, you know, the middle of Seattle at the Space Needle or whatever to get Mewtwo and get it again and then come back to you and trade. Like, that's not even an option. So. Yep. What? Yeah. What's going on? Niantic. I I think, and this is my theory, and this is the theory I've had since Pokemon Go launched. Um, Even though I've had a ton of fun with it, I think Niantic launched early. There was some pressure there, and they haven't quite figured out the logistics of how they want to do things. Pokemon Go, although it's fun, it's starting to sound and feel more like a chore. You know, what if I happen to get that raid, that exclusive raid invite, but what if I have something going on that day? Is my one chance to catch Mewtwo or however many chances I get, am I screwed? Am I done? Like, am I, am I ever going to be able to catch? I haven't caught a legendary yet. So will I be able to catch these legendaries? And it's important to me, you know, but I mean, yeah. it's not like super life priority, but it would be nice. So I agree. Does it feel fun anymore? It's fun when I'm walking casually around like the boardwalk or down the street and there's a bunch of people around. That's fun. But there, when I see an Articuno or a Zapdos or a Moltres or a Lugia or now a Mewtwo and it's like, am I going to be able to get it? I don't know. That's stressful to me. So that, that's the part that just kind of, kind of sucks. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, I wonder what the catch rate is for Mewtwo anyway. Like, so is it also like the other ones where it's what 2%? So it's like, okay, first of all, if you have to get. You have to find a raid in the same area that Mewtwo will eventually spawn. Then right. somehow yeah. it will know this. It will maybe send you an invite. You have to see it and go to that place at that time. Then you got to battle the thing. Hope there's enough people there to help you battle it. If there's not, <laughs> bye. And then um, provided that there are other people, you you know, still right. might not even be close to so getting stupid. it. Which right. I just it's so stupid. Yeah, to it's me, it doesn't sound fun. Like, what like, if my invite fun... comes on my wedding day? Am I going to have to cancel my wedding to Bora Bora to maybe catch no, a Mewtwo? Brit. No, yes. Brittany. Never. Cancel no. your wedding. <laughs> anyway, that's all. I, Hopefully, I we'll see some fixes. It's so stupid to design your game in a way that, like, actively discourages players from even trying. Like, I'm yeah. not going to... I've been waiting for, you know, better Pokemon to come to Pokemon Go before I pick it up again. I did re-download it, and then I saw this Mewtwo news, and I was like, well, fuck that shit. I'm going back to my horny casino because it doesn't lock anything (laughs) other than its characters. I can play all the maps whenever I want, Um, which is basically what these raids are. It's like a map or a boss battle or something. Yeah. I just think it's really stupid. It's really, really stupid. Hopefully they're listening, and we'll take the feedback. I mean, I'm sure they've heard it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully they'll implement it. That either they just can't come up with a creative solution or they've seen the numbers and they realize that the numbers are already super small for people playing. I mean, I can't I don't know. You know, I I can't see their data, but 
I have to imagine they're making an informed decision on some end. Yeah. People don't usually just do stuff to with the purpose of pissing people off. That's not typically right. how game design works. Um, but if their numbers so I don't dropped, know. don't you think they'd want to make this event something that would bring the numbers back up? Like this just seems like Yeah, but maybe not- they're focused on getting the numbers back up in populated areas first and then we'll roll out to less populated. You I know get, how you I get numbers up in less populated areas? You don't lock your legendary character behind an invite. No, I'm totally on board with you. I'm just saying that I think that I we don't know what they're... We can't see behind the curtain, right? Right, right. So I'm just... I'm wondering... I would really like to know what the logic was behind this. Or if it was just literally, oops, we forgot that people don't all live in metropolitan areas. Right. What's also kind of weird is that they're not giving the information that I think they, someone has to know on the Niantic team what these people want to know. What's the catch rate going to be? Is this going to be the only way you can catch Mewtwo? How long is it going to be available? Like those are How questions. many invites will you get? How many invites will you get? How frequently are the spawns going to be? These are all things that diehard Pokemon Go fans want to know, and they're not disclosing that information. So for that reason, I'm thinking there might be like, okay, get this information out. We'll, t- we'll cross these bridges when we get there. It's just odd that they would talk about this. Like Mewtwo was like the Pokemon that was advertised during the initial Pokemon Go trailer, yeah. right? Yeah, and, yeah. and it was a huge deal. And it's like everyone has been waiting for this moment, and here it is, and we don't have that much info on it. It's kind of weird, but we'll see. They might be using this Japan event, though, to user test. Uh, So Japan had a 100% catch rate. Um, So you just had to be there. You just had to be there and you got it. Yes. Well, so that I'm assuming is not going to be reflective upon uh, Japan gets. We'll see, though. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Japan. (laughs) But maybe that's indicative of a higher than two two to three percent catch rate. Or maybe, maybe it's indicative of a, hey, we fucked up our last event. Let's make sure this one goes right. But, JK, but then we give everybody Mew that, Mewtwo that went to that event that paid all that money yeah, right? to like go to Chicago. <laughs> Just give it to them. <laughs> I know. Your yeah. travel is worth about six Mewtwo's. Here yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it really you was. Know how we're doing currency these days. <laughs> six and a half Mewtwo's. I like it. So so yeah. six, Mews and a, six Mewtwo's and a Mew. But yeah, yeah. we'll see. A mew for good measure. Yeah, throw it in there. I'm gonna try. Well, Jesus. There's another Japanese game we're gonna talk about. Also makes me angry. Continue. Final Fantasy 15's Prompto VR shooter mode has been canceled. Wah, wah, wah. So Alexa, when when did we first hear about this? Because my understanding is the information I have is incorrect. Before you say that. For people who are not familiar with this mode, it was originally revealed last year at E3 2016 yeah. when Square Enix said that this would be playable in VR in the form of a VR experience. It was showcased as a first-person light gun style mode in which you play as Prompto, who was sported in a snazzy PlayStation VR headset, and shoot enemies in their weak spots and teleport around the environment. This was actually a version of the Dusky demo Dusk where guy. Dusk guy demo, <laughs> sorry, where you played from Prompto's Prompto's Promptolius. I'm having a hard time today, you guys. Prompto's perspective. Uh this is upsetting to me. Um, so <laughs> you yeah, wanted no, more shooting right. shoot face? Wait, wait, we, was, need, we need it, to talk about the statement that Square Enix. Oh, yeah. So Square Enix said in a statement to GameSpot, 
Since then, we have learned much from the technology and have leveraged our learnings from the episode Prompto DLC, which more or less sounds like they overestimated the technology in PlayStation VR and couldn't quite achieve what they were aiming for. You know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like they watched Alexa's stream and her bitching about how Final Fantasy should not be a shooter. And they were like, oh, crap. Maybe we should just cancel this VR so, game. Hold, hold, hold <laughs> I'm blaming on. this on you, back. Alexa. <laughs> I want to go back to this. I want to break this statement down. Break it down, girl. <laughs> so this thing got released. Uh, not released. This thing got announced. announced at E3 2016 back when PlayStation VR was a very large highlight of the PlayStation press conference and everyone was announcing something. Yep. And they had that little thing play as Prompto and the Dusk Guy demo, which was released in spring 2015, which was our first Final Fantasy 15 demo, the first of two. Uh, you fight a behemoth and you make camp and stuff like that. So what this was, was that, that chunk of the demo-ish uh, where you played, you played the encounter and the endeavor as Prompto with his little guns because I can't imagine they had had PlayStation VR long enough to figure out uh, how to make someone not sick doing Noctis's warp strike in first person. <laughs> yeah. That um, sounds like a barf simulator. Yeah. And like I played this, I played the Prompto shooty shoot at E3 last year and it was a shooter in Final Fantasy 15 and it was small and it was pretty cool. Like it was, it was a cool thing for Final Fantasy fans. Um, and something like something that someone like me and Brittany would absolutely like tear into and just love. It's an experience. It's an additional experience, like the Kingslave movie, like the anime. But it's you hated shooting things in I episode do hate shooting Prompto. So, so here's, I mean, I loved episode Prompto. I'm bad at shooting things. Correction. Mm, I'm okay. bad at shooting things. <laughs> just, um, just good. So, okay. So when they announced Monster of the Deep, which is the VR experience that. Uh, is you as Noctis fishing. I kind of had a feeling in the back of my head, like, okay, that prompto shooting thing is dead because they realized uh, this might be e easier to do like a fishing mini game or maybe fans took to the fishing more so they wanted to do the fishing. I haven't heard from anyone who like was over the moon about the fishing in Final Fantasy XV. It's fun, but it's not like the best thing of the four guys skills. It was probably the one I used the least. Um, so Square Enix canceling this is not surprising. It's their statement that bothers me. So their statement is one sentence. What's one sentence. Correct, Brittany. Yeah, that's what, yeah. that's what I got. Looks Since like it. then being E3 2016. Yep. We have learned much from the technology, assuming that's the PlayStation VR mm -hmm. and have leveraged our learnings from the episode prompto DLC. Yeah leveraged what learnings from the that people didn't like shooting they didn't DLC. like the shooter elements in a final fantasy game but, is what i'm right, assuming but, but my question is is it is it people complained because i go online and i like haven't seen too many people being like oh my god fuck this it sucks the shooting is bad it's not the shooting that they complain about in that it's the repetitive the repetitive animations the repetitive gameplay and then the really awful bad stupid final boss fight for maybe they DLC. just realized they couldn't make a shooter fun yeah you know what that that might be it but also thinking about thinking about it from a technology perspective and thinking about the technology that they utilized to make the third person shooter for the prompto dlc and then thinking about what they would need to make a first person shooter for playstation vr how many sh first person shooters got released for playstation vr if we're just looking at technology 
Like half of them are first person shooters or some sort of first person something mechanic. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, so there was one sentence that came before that statement, and it is what was the sentence. Final Fantasy 15 VR experience at E3 2016 was a technology demo that we showcased. Just to be completely clear. Uh, so they were, they're basically so that, saying this was never intended to be a full release game. It's like that Project Milo or whatever, right? From Molyneux? No. Oh my god. <laughs> no. The tech <laughs> demo of all time. They said they were releasing it for PlayStation VR and they were making it. They said yeah. it was coming. Yeah, they definitely said it was releasing. So this is a little confusing a why they would backpedal. But I think what we can maybe glean from this is that Somebody on the inside saw this VR experience and said, yo, dog, it's not good. We should just not do this. Fishing. Fishing. I'm excited for the fishing. It's fun. Sometimes you want the the whimsical thing instead of the serious thing. And especially in relationship to, you know, the reaction and the feedback from this game as a whole. I don't think people... I mean, and you ladies could speak to this probably much better than I could. Really loved that game because of how serious it was. It was like the little moments that you had with the guys on the road doing like the the stupid little stuff that really kind of built that whole game experience. The the decision to make the initial decision to make a shooter uh, thing was absolutely a decision by I I think by Square to be like, hey. Their big thing was this is a Final Fantasy for fans and first timers, and they really wanted to make a game and accoutrement that appealed to the, the the general gamer, not the hardcore, not just the hardcore JRPG person, which is why I think they made this a shooter. But I think they realized that they weren't getting. I think they realized a long time ago they were not getting the general gamer in for this game. They were getting the people that either started with that are final fantasy fans that either started in the past couple of years with like 12 or 13 or whatever. I'm sorry if you started with 13 um, <laughs> or, 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 or people like me and Brittany that have been playing the series forever. And we're like, we're going to find things to love about this no matter what, because this is in our blood and we'll take what you put around it and it'll be great because we love it and we enjoy it and we're going to play it. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It just keeps every statement just sounds like, like, I don't know. We, we love the final fantasies a lot. I love you Square Enix, but sometimes what's going on? The, the statements that are put out, whether it's regarding their online multiplayer or this VR experience, just sometimes they just don't make a lot of sense. And if it wasn't fun, like Tabata, like you're my home dog. Just tell me it wasn't fun. It's totally fine. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. Um, I do like the. I did play Monsters of the Deep at E3. I do like the fishing. I think it's really, I think it's really fun. It didn't make me sick the way that first person shooting did. Um, but I am a little disappointed because I was looking forward to playing something from Prompto's point of view. Maybe they'll do other little VR experiments in the future. Just don't backpedal and call it a tech demo after you clearly said it was a thing. It's like the flip flop of Final Fantasy VII. This is a tech demo. Oh no, now it's a game. Yeah, here we go. Here's the quote. Um, at the time. We aren't thinking about marketing it as a separate project at all. It really is something extra to be enjoyed by the people who purchase the game. We're thinking it'll probably be a DLC release later for the game. It really is our core belief that we should satisfy the people who buy the game that we've made as much as possible. We also want them to play for as long as possible, too. So it really does help with that. Gives them something extra. So, yeah, it's a backpedaling. That's a little odd. Right. And also Monsters of the Deep is like a separate thing you have to buy. So you don't get it if you 
play the game. I have this season pass, and Monsters of the Deep didn't like. I think it's out. I don't know. I'm I haven't sure. played it yet. It's something I want to play, I'm but sure. I haven't played it yet. It's fun. It is fun. It is really fun. All right. How many fish but, did you catch? Uh, quite a few. <laughs> also, they have scenes where you're like in the campfire, and you can like talk to talk to the other dudes. See, that's you roast the fish over the open fire. And that's the thing I think Roasting I would fish. I would want like a VR no, it's experience. Not, it's not out yet. It's not oh. out yet. Ah. Okay. Soon. Wait, Bert, what were you saying? I was going to say, if if they're going to put in VR, I wouldn't want it for combat. I'd want it for little things. Like if you're in the car and you're going across the map and you're on a little road trip, that would be something fun to sit and experience in VR. Hopefully you wouldn't get sick. Like you could get sick on that. Or sitting around the campfire and chatting with your choker bros. Like that's the kind of VR I would want from a Final Fantasy game. And since they right. haven't done VR in Final Fantasy yet, I would be really, I'm hopeful and I, that they would test the waters and see how it's done. Because I think that could be a fun little addition. Not not yeah. something that's ever necessary, but something that could be another layer of immersion, like Andrea said, to experience those little moments in the VRs. And so you can be prompt and look down and see how hot you are. That too. No, what you would know, Brittany, would you, you would take a selfie and then you would t- it would just be a picture of you. Would you would not you, but as yourself. you as prompto. Ooh. You as hot blonde boy. Yeah. I mean, like, give us more stuff. I know that we are like we're like oh great they're asking us what more what I just more want stuff more God. we want for Final Fantasy fifteen give us all the stuff I want all the stuff make another freaking movie but I will watch it five would times you like, want this game if it was just mostly an on rail shooter and there was like almost nothing and you like the only way you knew you were prompto was like your really pretty boy hands like I don't know yes, you know because like, there's Final <laughs> Fantasy in the title and I am a basic hoe Christine. <laughs> I'm just saying if there weren't those moments like Brittany was just talking about, like where in the fishing game you go and you sit down with your bros and you like have a conversation or whatever, maybe they're just having a conversation without you. But like if 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 this ep- if this whatever VR experiment didn't have that in it and they just were doing a shooter thinking that they could get by with it and then they realized we're not that great at making shooters and maybe we should not do this. I think that's fine. Go ahead and do it. But yeah, you're right. This statement is a little bit weird. Anyways, if yeah. I was a normal person, I would probably be like, no, I think I'll pass on that. No, thanks. Yeah, I'm with you, uh, Alexa. We're, we're going to check out anything. Anything Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. Yeah, you're going to check it out. I'm not a normal person, so. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, normal people <laughs> listening to this show, um, you you're may be thinking, thinking to yourself right now, huh, I wonder if they're going to talk about that one big piece of news. Uh, it's very possible that we missed some news since we're recording the show a little bit earlier in the week this week than we normally do because I'm going out of town. I'm going home to Fargo. What are you oh, doing? Yeah. Fargo. I'm oh, going to go to a wedding. That was are a weird accent I just did. Bagel bites? Bagel. I'm going to. So there was some confusion <laughs> about the bagel bites so <laughs> when we last spoke about them. So I thought we were talking about bagel like the bagel holes, like you know, the center of the bagel. Yeah. Uh huh. Wait, you still so call we were, that bagel? We we talked about this on the last show. Yeah, she bagel. said bagel, and uh. I was like, "Is that a labyrinth villain?" Um, <laughs> but <laughs> well, she true. was talking about. We were sitting at at like lunch or dinner, and she was like, "I put I put peanut butter on the bagel bites," and I went, "Okay," and I didn't think anything of it. And two days later, I'm putting on my makeup. And I turn to my boyfriend and I say, holy shit, Andrea puts peanut butter on bagel bites? <laughs> thinking, thinking she was talking about the bagel the bites. Bagel have, like, bites. The, the pizza yeah. bagel yeah. bites. The cheese and the bagel bites. So I brought it up to her very aggressively the next time I saw her. And she was like, <laughs> she and she was like, oh, no, 
there's this bakery back home that makes bagel bites that's like a donut hole, but it's a bagel. So it's a little bagel ball. Oh. And I put peanut butter on them before I like did sports. And Which I was makes like, sense. oh, because I was ready to like hardcore roast you for a gross food <laughs> she decision. Was, she came at me so heavy, like, you monster. How dare it you put peanut butter on a bagel bite? And I, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It would be weird. I mean, I was, I was getting ready to try it. I was like, well, you know, this is the first time for everything. Yeah, I was like, if Andrea does it, it must be okay. Now so, we have our next our next Patreon exclusive video. We'll try peanut, peanut butter, butter on bagel bites. Yes. <laughs> All right. So what I was trying to say before we got distracted was that's the end of our first segment. Uh, we will be back on the other side with some hands-on impressions. We've played some video games and we're going to talk about them. And hopefully you will want to play them too. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode of the What's Good Game podcast is brought to you by TakeThis.org. Hey, listen. (laughs) It's the best. So good. Listen. (laughs) Everyone, everyone struggles to feel good sometimes. I know I do. Feeling depressed after a breakup or anxious about a job interview is just part of life. And for some people, those feelings never really go away or they just get worse over time. If that sounds like you or someone you know, you are not alone. And there's help. At TakeThis.org, our friends at Take This have collected advice and articles from mental health workers and other people who have been there. From advice on how to find a therapist to when to know it's time to get help. TakeThis.org is a treasure trove of information about your brain and what to do when it hurts. Take This has been working to bring the mental health care community and the video game community together since 2012. If you or someone you love could use some perspective, visit them at TakeThis.org. And if you have the resources to donate or volunteer, TakeThis.org is where you do that, too. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Ladies, welcome back. We are talking about video games. And um, we've all gotten to play a couple different uh, interesting things. So Except let's start with... The old school blue wonder. Sonic. 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 Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic Mania has been released. And it's pretty great. Yeah. Oh, man. Sonic's back. back I can again. almost forgive him Brought for out of space. a human woman in 2006. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, what? What did you just say? <laughs> did you not play Sonic 2006? No. No, I didn't. No. no. Okay. So <laughs> that was a real Sonic, good face. <laughs> Sonic 2006, the 2006 Sonic like adventure game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's a lot of like cutscenes and CGI, and it's like this really heavy story about a princess of a kingdom. And heavy. Sonic, and who's Sonic a who- is like helping the princess? Who's a human? This princess is a human. Okay, she is a human. So you have a human girl, and then Sonic the Hedgehog rendered in all his CGI glory, like a this high, about like two and a half feet, whatever, giant blue hedgehog. <laughs> Uh, and then a human, human-looking woman, not like Doctor Eggman, cartoony, like actual human woman, like she is a huh. woman of the okay. human race, and they have a romance. And there is a scene. Uh, if you get a different one of the endings, I believe there is a scene where they uh, they kiss, like like platonically touch. or like no, like romantically they kiss, mm. and there's like 
some weird dialogue like with another character like leading into like well do you do you love her and then he like catches her and remember that awful scene in the star wars prequels where padme and anakin are rolling around in the field together that happens with sonic and a human woman that's weird Ow. he's a hedgehog for it's one bad yeah well, that's just the sonic weird train at that point it was weird and bad. that sounds like a well, great time to jump off the sonic train well, uh, yeah. The good news for you <laughs> is off. that there are no human women in Sonic Mania. <laughs> I know it's so it's great. all old school Sonic. There are a couple special stages that give us the 3D Sonic, but uh, for the most part, it's that classic side-scrolling, speedy gameplay that we all remember from the Sega Genesis. So I never um, had a Sega good. Genesis, so I don't remember it from there. <laughs> Wait, what? But you never you? played one at all, ever. Uh, Genesis? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. We were a PC Damn. family at that point, and I didn't have many other friends that played video games. Oh, We so. need to remedy this. I'll bring a Genesis. Okay. We'll pop you all Genesis cherry, girl. Okay. You know, they have oh, those, those retro consoles that are coming out, too. I don't want to buy them. Nope. I'll bring a legit <laughs> Genesis with a wonky-ass controller. It'll be great. It'll yeah, be I'll just okay. play Britney's. It's yeah. fine. No, it's fine, because growing up, I was a Super Mario person. Um, the Sonic games, for some reason, I never really got into them as a wee lass. I don't know if it's because I felt like the game played itself so often. You know, like you get on like a roll, and you're going over loop de loos and you're getting rings, and you don't even know what's happening. You have no control over it, whereas, that, whereas with like Super Mario World, it's very kind of slow-paced. You know, you control every movement. There's no physics really involved. So this is, I would say, one of my first real experiences with the old Sonic games, and I'm having a lot of fun. It's, uh, you know, I'm 29. I waited long enough. I played a little bit back in the day. I don't think I got much farther than Green Hill Zone. But this is good. It's fun. It's And that's, I like, yeah. That's the first zone. Come yeah, no, that's, that's what I'm zone. saying. She knows. That's she knows. Number one. Yeah, that's what, I, <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. It's like back in the day, I didn't get much farther than that because for whatever reason, wow. I wasn't into it. So, yeah, I'm like experiencing it for the first time now that I'm old and mature. And it's fun. That's, a, that's excellent, though. And yeah. I think that there's a lot of people like you out there that have never played Sonic or haven't only played a little bit of it. And now hopefully they're going to um, get a chance to really experience Sonic in all its glory. And I think what's great about this story is not only has Sega done an excellent job of launching this, but they put together a team that did it right. You know, yes. the this development crew of fans who are all about the fan service in this game and who are part of the Sonic community and who said, hey, like Sega, like, let us do this for you. And Sega said, sure, I let's love, do it. I love that they did that. Like, that's such a big example of a publisher, developer, like listening to fans, like actually bringing them in to work on it. I love it. Good job, Sega. You did a thing and it was good. So, so besides the the main mode, which is what I've been playing, I think I'm at the, I can't remember the name of it. I'm at like maybe like the. I'm sixth. at the Green Hill Zone. No, yeah, I'm at the Green Hill Zone. So other than that, what other things are there to do in Sonic Mania, Andrea? Because I think you're further and you've done more. Um, so the time attack mode is kind of the the big thing in this because mm -hmm. it's all about those leaderboards. And what I love about time attack is you know that you can instantly load back in so this is something i talked about during my preview session is that when you're in time attack mode when you're going through if you make a mistake like if you mm. like hit the spikes or you lose all your rings or whatever you can press 
one single button and you're instantly at the start of the uh, zone again and you can keep you can run right through it so that's a that's a really fun part of the game that i think is something that fans in particular are gonna love i also saw that there's bonus i think it's knuckles and knuckles something you can unlock have you seen that what? Oh yeah, yes, so, there I was, so there was a secret a secret mode that I saw a story about today that God, Knuckles is the greatest that was put into the game. I had a crush on Knuckles, Knuckles again. back in the day. What? I was more of a Tails girl. It was it wasn't Knuckles like the creature. It was more like the personality. I felt like he was a badass. And back when I was little, I was like, Hey, Alexa, hey. what are you doing? No, <laughs> I see that face you're making. It was more of like the personality. Brit, like, oh, you know badass. what? You are totally normal. I thought say? I was going to grow up and marry Donatello from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, <laughs> would you fine. call Knuckles a husbando? Uh, you know, no, that's weird. No, that's yeah. I wouldn't say that. I would, yeah. I was weak. I forgot my hormones were weird. It was a weird situation. Donatello was my first husbando, and I just totally Dang. forgot about him. <sighs> I feel like a jerk. Okay, that's fine. Some husbando he was. Damn. He was no legitimately <laughs> thought he was number one real, number two, totally <laughs> normal to marry a giant mutated turtle like that. Just what See, I thought. You, I wouldn't suspect it from. But, but <laughs> yes, you saying you were suspected from Brittany? I don't know why you were such a stupid child. Shocked that the words that came out of that came out of Brittany's mouth were a a positive. Positive biosexual response to Knuckles. <laughs> Sometimes I do this show with you ladies and I'm like, what is going on? And you regret. No, never. No regrets. Um, so this story over on Polygon says Sega is embracing a fan favorite joke. In Sonic Mania, players can run through some retro style levels as either Sonic Tales or Knuckles, but a special hidden mode adds a perfect twist on, a, on the gameplay by calling back to a classic Sonic goof. Since the release of Sonic 3 and Knuckles, an expansion to the Sega Genesis game Sonic the Hedgehog 3, fans have taken to adding on the and Knuckles suffix <laughs> <laughs> any number of things like other movies and games <laughs> not that people stop there of course They're, they showed a photo here of donut taco palace three and knuckles <laughs> it's like an actual store um <laughs> sonic mania does the same thing with its own and knuckles mode where knuckles follows the playable character around a la tails now it doesn't matter who you're playing as for this to work so you can even make sonic mania into knuckles and knuckles <laughs> If you want to. Let's play Knuckles and Knuckles. <laughs> we could do this. To unlock the end Knuckles mode, you need to collect medals from the bonus stages scattered throughout the main levels. It's one of several features hidden in Sonic Mania, which, of course, launched on consoles and PC. So uh, we'll so leave the rest for you to discover. It's yeah. so good. I'm so happy, Sega. Like, you did the thing for the fans. Like, I really feel like this game is for the people it was made for. Like, so many games have parts in it that are, like, very clearly, like... I don't want to call it, like, like artistic fapping, but clearly is like, <laughs> we made Jesus. this for us, not for you, but it's for you. Um, <laughs> I like... Wh what? No, it's... That's <laughs> a great it. term. Shirt. The artistic the belongs artistic on fapping. a shirt. Um, very, very... Some, some games are real fappy. Um, so... I like like there's the old stuff and then the new stuff very just mimics that it, like it's just seamlessly in there. 
you can tell that it was made by people that really understand the source material and understand what made it special to the people that played it then and the people that have continued to be a part of that fandom. Like it embraces fandom. Like I was talking about with Fire Emblem Heroes, Horny Casino last week. It embraces fandom in a way that is just like smart and inclusive. And I, that's probably what I like most about Sonic Mania. Good job, Sega. You did it. Yay. Sega. Yay. Sell lots of units. Congratulations. Good now, job. So um, even Sonic, though I haven't played it? your game. Good job. Sonic Explosions. <laughs> the one that's coming out later this year, next year. The like post-apocalyptic Sonic. The gritty Sonic. Sonic, what's it called? Oh, what's it called? It's Sonic Forces. Sonic Forces. That's mm. it. And it's I thought you just out. called it Sonic Explosions. Yeah, she did. That's what okay. it looks like. It's the trailer was like a gritty, dark, fiery. The world was on fire, and Sonic was the only man who could save it. Sonic's not a man. Sonic was the only hedgehog who could save it. <laughs> huh. Let's see, buddies. So, Brittany, <sighs> yes, you've been playing some stuff. Yeah. I have. So I saw that you were playing, um, what was that, Fable Fortune? I have, yeah. And that's the card game that that's just the came card out recently. Game that we were all a little bit salty about. Um, yeah. How do you play? So I've never played a deck building digital card game like this before. So I have no real references to like take it back to. Um, but what I like about it, what drew me to it, is that it's cooperative or you can play PvP. And so they have, as of right now, it's very early still, very buggy. The game crashes at least like three or four times. Um, Mm. But and they just included friend invites with the last patch, which I think was like five or six days ago. Um, So it's cooperative, and that's the only way I've been playing it. And so you have about five different classes to choose from right now. I think more are coming. And you get class-exclusive cards. You get cards that can be used for any class. And then you get rare cards that can be uh, one per deck. And you have these bosses to take down. And the it's not like you have like a whole bunch of levels to go through as these classes and defeat with one class. It encourages you to try all the different classes. And that's what I've been doing. I've been playing with Jason. And it's very challenging in the sense that you have to master all these different classes. The deck building is really fun. I think I have over like 400 cards right now. And it's fun to like choose which ones you want to do and use. Um, so that's what I've been playing the most of. And it's fun. I would encourage anyone who wants to do some strategy with their significant other or a friend, or you can even play online, and it has features that allow you to do so. So you can play with strangers. It's a good time. I saw that you also played another game <laughs> that, I'm, that I want to hear you talk about. Fire Emblem Heroes, the Horny Casino. So, Why did you start playing? I, I, was, I was, I don't know. I just thought of you, and I was like, hey, Horny Casino, know. like... I want to get into that Alexa. casino. Sounds I, real good. Horny casino. I think, oh, I know what it was. I was going to play Horizon, but my controller was dead. So I was waiting for it to charge. <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do? I'll check out the Horny Can't Casino. You just plug it in and play while it charges? My mm-hmm. charging cord is like a foot long and my couch is like 20 feet back. So I didn't, and it's on the big projector. We can fix this problem for you. I know. It's I need, called Amazon. I, <laughs> I know, Andrea. Stop using your logic against me. Hey. Stop. Hey. For if it was not for this misfortune, I would not have played the horny casino. There's a silver okay. lining to everything. Uh, so I'm playing Fire Emblem Heroes, and it's fun. The the part I'm struggling with Alexa is I feel an obligation to level every single hero I get, and that's kind of taking okay. up my time. How do you deal with that? Um, I built uh I built three three teams, and just rotate through them, and they all have different. Um, in each one, I have at least one ranged person. One sword, one spear, one uh, 
maybe one tome or whatever, one wild card, whatever. Um, but I have four teams and no three teams. And on some of these teams, I have like doubles of characters. Like I use one character on two teams mm-hmm. um, because terrains terrain on the map will change and the amount um, and the different types of people you'll be up against will change. Um, I also make sure I have one person who um, is a Pegasus Knight so they can fly over water if there's water. So I built those three teams with my favorite characters and then I just rotate through them and that's it. I don't touch like 75% of the characters in that game. Oh. They're all garbage. <laughs> Only put the people you want to bang in your party. Pretty much. But- I have a pretty bangable party. Who's your party right now? Uh, it's all of the main. I'm really bad with all the names. It's the Anna. Is that her name? Anna. Yeah. Anna, and then the people below her, her the silver haired people. Oh, Alphonse and yeah, girl I never used Alphonse and his sister, and And then the the Uh, archer. Anyway, so this is why I run into issues with Fire Emblem. Anyways, I get all these characters, and I I can't help but like I have this urge and this desire need to level all of them up and have them all be useful, and then I get overwhelmed, and then I stop. But I'm going to try not to do that. Don't do that because if you focus in on several, on a few characters, as you earn, um, as you do the other trials in the game and you earn like crystals and crystal shards Mm -hmm. and all those other little materials through doing quests and just naturally playing the game, you'll accumulate all, by naturally playing the game, you'll accumulate all these things. Um, You can use them to unlock potential so you can level up a three star to a four star to a five star so you can buff the characters that you really, really like. I've been working for about all six months now on getting my two star Donald to a five star Donald and he's almost there. Um, Donald is the one with the pot on his head. (laughs) Pot boy. Um, Pot pot boy. Um, And then you can also level them up. I have a level 40 um, Camilla. That I've just been leveling up like crazy and I'll give her an extra bump if she's not getting enough EXP because she's so high level. And if you do a low level map, you don't get a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really honed in on those characters because some of the some of the trials and some of the challenges coming out now, like just recently they had the art director for Fire Emblem Awakening uh, create a set of maps with his own team. And they released it and they're his maps and they're they're incredibly hard and you can only play them on hard mode. It was a couple uh, weeks ago and my team wasn't two of my teams weren't high enough level, but one of them was. So they are putting in extra harder content for people like me that play it constantly and obsessively. So I would suggest picking your favorites based on class or weapon or the character or whatever, and just really honing in on them. And that's totally okay. You can, you can sacrifice all the characters that you get. Like I like collecting them, but you can sacrifice some character skills, like take their skills and teach them to a different character, or you can send them home and just get them out of your inventory entirely, <laughs> or you can actually merge them with another character and all their skills and points and stuff will go into that character that you want to bulk up. So just, I guess, keep sacrificing the characters you don't want and really hone in on the ones that you care about. Noted. That's deep. Yeah. So they're kind of like Pidgeys. Oh, oh yeah, into candy. Yeah, exactly. That was great. Feed them to other Pidgeys. <laughs> there's a cu- there's a couple of characters that are just straight garbage that I keep drawing that I just want to like roll on the ground and die if I get one more. <laughs> but I will let you know as the horny casino advances. Yes, send me updates. Also, keep the animations on when they attack because when they get when their HP is low and they get shredded, their clothes shred. I didn't know this. Like they yeah, get they're, naked. They're, 
their clothes shred in some very suggestive areas. There's one enemy what? that you fight. That's this giant guy with a with a tome, and when he's low in health, the artwork that that shows on screen for him is his shirt has just completely exploded off and it is just abs for days. Yeah. And then like a book covering his privates. No, he's wearing his pants still. His pants are mostly still on, but his shirt literally, his shirt is literally drawn. (laughs) Like it exploded off of his body. Yeah, it did. He hulked out of it. So what you're telling me is I want to get all of my characters to as low of HP as possible. Basically. I mean, it's an incentive not to heal them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Andrea. Andrea. Casino experiences aside. That's a really creepy laugh. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Andrea, um, I want to hear you talk about lawbreakers. I do too. Me okay. three. So there was a news story going around last week that I was kind of like, I don't know why this is a news story about how the numbers for lawbreakers is low that the the concurrence on steam are lower than when battleborn launched and blah 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 and i was like huh that's weird because it was in like the top selling games and like it's a it's a perfectly fine game so lawbreakers is made by boss key which is run by clifford blazinski of unreal tournament and gears of war fame formerly of epic mm-hmm. he left he left video games and then came back to video games and started this studio and has a you know bunch of people working for him creating this first person arena shooter. It's available on PC and PS4. It's at a $29.99 price point because he got up on stage at the PC gaming show at E3 this year and said, I don't believe in charging people for all the extra bullshit when it's just a multiplayer game. So I was I appreciate that and I think, you know, gamers out there who also don't like getting charged for crap they're not getting appreciate that as well it has microtransactions in the game for customizable uh, cosmetic stuff skins for your guns skins for your characters etc and um it's an interesting fast-paced arena shooter i mean at its core that's what it is some people are saying that they feel like the gameplay is similar to overwatch in a certain sense but I don't really feel that way. There are objectives within the arena. It's not just like team deathmatch, but it doesn't f- have that same kind of um, cartoony vibe that Overwatch has. I mean, Overwatch is very much a hero shooter. And while there are heroes with specific abilities and classes in this game, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel the same for some reason. Okay. Maybe that's just because there's more characters in Overwatch to choose from. Um but do you the, feel like... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you feel like it's just that Blizzard does such a better job fleshing out backstories for these characters? Like, so you really feel like they have an identity? Whereas I can't I can't name any hero from Lawbreakers or even tell you what they look like. Yeah, no. I mean, that's a, that's a, fair, that's a fair criticism. That the lore of the game is light, from what I've seen. And I got frustrated because I'd, on PS4, as of right now, when we're recording the show, there is no tutorial. And I don't need oh. I don't need a tutorial oh. to tell me how to shoot stuff. Like, Overwatch's tutorial is a little bit like we're going to hit you over the head with like, this is how you move. This is how you <laughs> shoot a thing. Right. I don't need that. But 
what's unique about lawbreakers is the gravity movement system. So there are certain points of the of the map where you are in gravity and then there's certain points where you're not in gravity. And so getting to know how that movement mechanic works would have been nice to have a tutorial or at the very least some kind of training uh, match where I could like test the jumping out because all of the characters have movement that's a little bit different. Like this one character, this assassin character has a grappling hook that she can throw and, at- and attach to the world and like pull herself. She's like Catwoman. The world, which is, uh, which is really cool. Sorry. I didn't hear what you said there. Oh, I said, I said, she's like Catwoman, like, like whipping herself around the map kind of thing. Sort of. It doesn't move that fast. Um, okay. It moves a little bit slower because you know you're in like zero g, so you're. It's not like a really quick movement, okay. but it's um, it's really interesting. And then some characters can slide and have abilities tied to their slide. And I kept trying to figure out like how do I slide because there's not really like a crouch button or I just didn't find the crouch button even though I've looked at the control schematic more than once now crouching is hard and in order for me to learn about each of the individual characters you have to select them in match and then you have to like read a menu about their abilities while you're in the match oh no no and I'm like this is not ideal no 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 no, for me to be like reading what all the abilities do while you know, the PVP action is, is happening. That's odd. So, you know, and I, and I don't... Clearly, the, there's been, like, an oversight in not putting that in the PS4 version because it's. I've been told that there is a tutorial in the PC version of the game. Huh. So oh. hopefully they can fix that and add that in. Is there so a way to just nice? make, like, a bot match so you can go in and, like, screw around against NPCs? You can make private matches. I haven't attempted to do so yet. Because I felt like the best way for me to earn XP and start leveling at my characters was just to throw myself into the deep end of the PvP matches, even though I knew that I was going to kind of, you know, like, suck a little bit for the (laughs) first couple of hours. But here's what I like about it. It's the, it's really, like, the mechanics feel really crisp. They're really tight. They are really well done. The shooting feels nice, very snappy. The movement feels good. The graphics look good. There's the the guts of this game seem really polished, which is excellent because if that was missing, then this game would be doomed. I think that this game could benefit for from a little bit more onboarding for people who want to get into, you know, an arena shooter but maybe never spent time doing it. If this was a PC only game, I could maybe get a I could maybe tolerate the well, hey, it's a PC arena shooter, like that's the thing. It's a fast-paced FPS. If you're not ready to hang with that, you're not ready to hang. But it's not. They're trying to come into the console market as well and appeal to that audience and that audience isn't necessarily used to that style of gameplay. I mean, clearly, you know, you have things like Halo and Call of Duty and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. this specific type of arena shooter has predominantly been popular on PC. So, you know, I I don't know if I just need more time with it, which I clearly do, but I haven't yet gravitated towards these characters as people, even though they do have some fun, like, quippy one-liners that they'll throw out in in the arena. Like, they'll, like, talk about, you know... Uh, they'll react to each other, which is nice. So, like, I make a really cool kill. One of the other players will, like, say a line of dialogue at me, which is nice. But you don't get to choose that line of dialogue. Like, in Overwatch, you know, they have lines that you can choose to say to each other. Um, 
I hope they add in some more customization in that sense. It'd be nice to be able to have some kind of communication system with the other people that I'm playing with. So do you think this game has potential to go places and it'd be known as like the PvP experience? Or do you think it's lacking something? Sadly, is you know, well done as the gameplay feels. I just think that there's just too much competition in this space for this to really make a dent. And Overwatch is just like crushing it right now. And they're so similar to people who don't stop to actually look at the differences that you kind of got to go, well, I know that you're, I know from playing both of these games that they are not the same game. But to somebody scrolling through the PlayStation Store, scrolling through Steam, like I don't know if they're going to stop to take a look. I don't know if there's a hook in this game that's going to grab people enough to to make them stop and take interest. And that that mm-hmm. kind of sucks because I know that Bosky put a lot of time into making this game and making it play well. And is there room for improvement? Yeah, but I don't. It, it's kind of like. You kind of look at it and go, hey, you could have made a flawless game in every sense of the word, and it still might not have made a difference. Right. Because I don't know if the core concept of what Lawbreakers is and the lore behind it and the character design and the world that they're in is intriguing enough. Hmm. Right? Because none of you have played it yet, right? No. 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 And I know that you all, you know, generally don't play shooters. No. But... For people like you who don't play shooters, was there anything about anything that you've seen that was intriguing to you about this game? The biggest selling point for me was that Cliff was on it, honestly. Like, I yeah, don't know yeah. enough about the game. I just know this is his game. And um, personally, I, I like him as a, you know, but um, if I was just a, a fan who knew nothing about it, I would just know, like, hey, Cliff's a part of it. Ah, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think it looks interesting. Like, just like you said, it. It's both a pro and a con for me. It looks really fast. And part of me is like, oh, cool. And then part of me is like, I probably can't keep up. So I'm not really sure if I even want to bother trying. Whereas, and and the other part that I'd mentioned, the character thing is really, like, I don't play Overwatch, but I know so many characters in Overwatch. And it makes mm-hmm. me, it, it it's in the back of my brain is like, kind of want to try it. Just because I want to see those characters and I, I want to mess around with them. And I think that that's a big hook for players like me who don't play a lot of shooters like that. So the fact that Lawbreakers is sort of missing that element might hurt them in the long run, but IDK might be a fifth jaw. No, it, I mean, it's not, a, I, I think it's not an I don't know. I think it is. I think it is going to hurt them in the long run that these characters, I mean, and they also have a very diverse lineup of characters, just like Overwatch does, but they just aren't as imaginative Mm -hmm. Mm. you know like the characters in overwatch just are in a a league of their own so to speak yeah and um yeah i hope that that i can can look at that they can find an audience though i hope that they can find a uh, a crew of players who really love that fast-paced arena shooting uh gameplay and i hope they find success because you know i think that they did a good job of building this game just needs a little. It just needs a little dash of something, something, a something, something, a little some, some, a little je ne sais quoi. <laughs> Speaking of shooters and Overwatch, oh, Alexa, um, I'm very excited. Um, so 
I put this on the rundown for this week. Can I say, can I read what you put on the rundown? Please do, because I lost my shit. I laughed so hard by myself. Let me adjust myself. So in our show notes, under where it's Alexa's place to write what game she's playing this week, it says, a lesson in futility. It's too late for me and Overwatch by Alexa Ray. (laughs) I would read this if it was an essay. I'm just saying. Maybe I'll write it. I don't know. So, (laughs) so I, okay. This, this is a bit of a story, so get a snack. <laughs> get a snack. Um, so Overwatch came out last May when I was recovering from a very significant concussion. Um, it came out while I was, like, basically out cold and sequestered from society and recuperating. And when I came back to the civilized world and went back to work at GameSpot at the time, I still could not play Overwatch because it made me like the vertigo and the movement and the intensity I could not handle. Prior to this, the only time I had gotten my hands on Overwatch was at a preview event, uh, a public preview event. I believe it was PAX. Um, where I would walk out of the base in question and immediately get sniped by better players constantly. No matter what angle I walked out, no matter what exit I walked out of, I would just get sniped, respawn, and I basically spent the whole game respawning because I wanted to walk out into the game and I wanted to see the game and I wanted to see what other players were doing, but that game moves so fast, you don't get the opportunity to do so. Um, So it's great that Overwatch has this giant meta narrative that occurs and is very much explored outside of the game because there's no way in fuck you can do it in the game. Um, So I missed the boat on Overwatch and I've watched my friends get obsessed with it. I've watched my friends cosplay it. I can recognize you put a character in front of me. I can name it because like Christine was saying, those characters are just so have so much personality and Blizzard has done such a good job with them. It's like, you know who they are, even if you don't play the game. Yep. So a a little over a year after missing the Overwatch boat, I decided to swim out and try and catch it. Um, I had a friend. (laughs) You're like Ariel in The Little Mermaid when she loses her fins. (laughs) She's like, Flounder, please come help me. That's me just like, (laughs) Overwatch? (laughs) Uh, Um, So I had a friend stay with me last week and... I had some things to take care of while she was here and I had never played Overwatch before because I have a zillion things going on in my life. I do a lot of stuff and if I'm going to play a game, I'm going to play the game of the moment. I'm going to play what what everyone's playing. I'm going to play an experience that doesn't require me to put hundreds of hours into it that's ongoing. I need something with an ending point. So she's playing Overwatch because she freaks out and is like, oh my God, like the summer skins are out. I have to get the skins. Can I play on your PlayStation while you do whatever you have to do? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I watched her play and I saw the his name isn't Dad76, it's Soldier76, but I refer to him as Dad76. <laughs> because yes. that's what the Overwatch fandom calls him. Yeah. I have read so much Overwatch like like comics and fanfiction, whenever I get the joke, I know it. Um and I saw his outfit, which is literally like a barbecue dad outfit. It's got the khaki shorts, the button-down shirt, and like the grill apron nice. with all the grill tools in it. And I saw that and I was like, okay, that's really clever. And my friend explained to me like, yeah, you know, it's a riff on Dad76. And I'm like, I know Dad76. And she looks at me and she goes, but you don't play Overwatch. And I was like, judgy, make a judge face. I was like, oh, so she left. And what did I do? So I she left because I, I kicked her up, out. <laughs> I booted up Overwatch. And I started from the beginning, 
did the tutorial. The terrible tutorial. The ter- it's not a good tutorial. It's not good. <laughs> it's not for people like me. And I and the same thing that happened with me that happened when I played it that those many, many moons ago, I just would run into the field or I would stop and I would assess and I would think I was creeping out somewhere and I'd be instantly killed. Like instantly, like goodbye, you're done. That's it. I spent more time dying and respawning than I did actually getting to do anything. And I Who shot did you play someone as? like once. Um, I played as, uh, I started as Tracer, which I realize is not a great starter character. Yeah. So I played as uh, McCree because I was like, dude with guns. This you might scene. do better with like a diva. Even I'm, I'm like talking and I, and as I if I know diva. this game. I know. <laughs> I'm like, but I, I know that she's got like Mercy? a tanky mech. I'm just like thinking no. of something that will help either shield you yes. or, you know, have a but, separate target. No, I did. I did. I tried. I tried uh, uh, several characters and I struggled for several hours with this just being like oh no i'm gonna do it this time i'm stopping to enjoy i'm enjoying the scenery a little too much maybe i should move a little faster because it's overwatch yeah you can't watch anything just go so watching is over but i'm playing with what i'm assuming are all these like people that have been playing this game for much 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 longer and are very good at it and are just like they know where to camp or where to stand to get players as they come out of their spawn point they know where what to do exactly to nail certain characters they know these maps inside and out already and after my like eighth or ninth match of struggling with this being like no i really want to get this i realized that the exercise for me personally was totally futile and i will probably have to let overwatch go and just admit that it's a game with a meta that I really enjoy and really respect uh, the work that they went into it. But the game itself is like, I I can never have it. Like, I no, can never I, do it. I'm surprised I, I they want to help you. shepherd you now. I yeah. feel like we could do, we could do this. I'm not, I'm not a total, I'm bad at shooting things, but I'm not a total dum-dum. I just feel like it's <laughs> at the point with the game where like the community is like, yeah, we, we got it. And, for someone like me who comes in and is like, hello, and just gets like <laughs> shot like, immediately to death without like, without, you know, any like real like thought or whatever. I just, it's like, I, I will either be that teammate that holds everyone back. And I had like awful flashbacks to that one Dota game I played. Oh no. And like, I, I would really love to be able to play Overwatch. I'm not a shooter person, but as I like, go into the world and listen to you talk about like Paragon and listen to like, and like, and like Call of Duty and listen to like all the stuff that you guys play. It's like, you know what? I want to be a part of these communities and I want to play it because if people love it, it must be really great. So I want to know why it's great rather than just take it on other people's work. But you were playing alone, right? Yeah. So like that might be it. Like Andrea could be Reinhardt and you could be a healer of some kind and like you can just go around together and I'm sure you would have a much better time. You've never played Overwatch, Stammer? No. Damn, girl. You know your oh, shit. <laughs> I, I did go to the Overwatch uh, qualifiers at yeah. BlizzCon. I also I appreciate you play. immediately degrading me to the White Mage, so thank you. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, just saying, if you are really, if you're really looking around, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. No, but that's here's the I thing. Hear. I think what Stammer's trying to say is, if you're, I was not, just if you're not really well-versed in 
shooting mechanics, meaning if you're not really good with like the the snapping, the scope, no scope, headshots, sniping, knowing when to shotgun, knowing yeah. when to have a mid-range weapon, what? really like getting a feel for those mechanics, then it's good to start as a support character so that way you can just feel like you're contributing to your team by keeping your teammates alive and helping them do the shooting until you get real comfortable with the maps. You get a little bit more comfortable seeing how some of the characters play with you in the matches. And then you can start trying characters like Soldier 76, who is a great beginner character. Um, so that way you can get you know a little bit more comfortable with the mechanics. And here's the thing about these games, and it was hard for me at first because it's really easy to get overwhelmed and frustrated and rage quit and say, mm-hmm. fuck it, this isn't for me. I, I don't want to do it. I sad quit. Oh, like, I was I'm defeated. Dying. I was defeated. <gasps> it's Play just, of the um, game. You my, really, my dignity being shattered. Yeah, but you really just have to practice so much. I know. And that's why I feel like the boat has sailed because I don't have like the desire to practice. Well, no, it's not right. that I don't have the desire to practice. It's like I just genuinely don't have the, like I don't really have the time. Like I would have yeah. to like definitely reshuffle some some priorities you might have to take a break from slutty casino well i play slutty casino (laughs) like in the car on the train or like in in places like if i'm like waiting for my soup to heat up or whatever like (laughs) that's my like when i'm standing there and i'm just like slutty casino time um but i want to i want to get into it because so many people like it I want the. There's so you want to be part of the thing you're having fomo there's so many husbands in that game not only that i just I'm sort of obsessed with their branding. Yeah. And so, like, I love the fact that I can look at the little rabbit thing and be like, it's Diva. Like, I've never, you know, I, like, how the hell Literally do I know tough. that? I have never played this game, but I know this. And, like, there's just so many little things like that. I'm like, I feel like I'm part of it, even though I'm not. I've, I, I'm, I feel yeah. like a fraud because, like, yeah. I made a, I, I do need feel like a fraud, joke okay. once in front of a bunch of people that play overwatch and they were like oh that was a good use of the i need healing joke and i was like haha and then they said something else and i was like i'm a fake that's so when like, you homer want- simpson back into the bushes <laughs> yeah pretty much but bizzard bizzard blizzard builds like they build their games for longevity and i feel like overwatch is going to be around for a long time and i'm going to be sitting on the sideline being like Hanzo main like I, why don't we just I, oh god like, I want to like I want to be a part of that and I want to learn it I just like and if you're listening to this and you have tips for me please for love of god like tweet at me help me out here I want I want to get into overwatch it no longer makes me want to dizzy puke die so I want <laughs> I want it to happen that's an improvement well if it doesn't happen Alexa you and I can do horny casinos we can do final fantasy 15 VR on the sidelines it will be okay because I will probably never be a part of the overwatch no, then us three, the Alexa, Andrea, me, because I also want to try it. Like, we can just band together and go. I like, because those games are no fun, in my opinion, if you're by yourself. Like, though, it's a team-based game. This is an you're idea. solo. It's kind of crappy. Um, so, but if you've got friends, it could be like, even if we're all, like, getting sniped over and over again, we can still talk and, like, make jokes and have fun. Exactly. And we won't be mad if you're dragging the team down because we'll be dragging it down together. Yeah. We'll all go down together. together. (laughs) Exactly. What's that Chainsmoker song? We go down, we all go down together. If we, wait. Yeah. 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 If we (laughs) go down, then we go down together. 
Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Our new theme. We won't get the play of the game, but maybe <laughs> we'll do better. <laughs> Nailed it. Exactly. You're turning into me. I like it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, Steimer, I know we talked a lot about Pyre last week. Did you have additional yeah. thoughts? I'm liking it even more, basically. Um, and I don't even, I'm going to spoil characters for you. I don't care. I'm sorry. Um, oh, wait. So just so you know, she's going to spoil characters for you. If you want to skip ahead to the next <laughs> section, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you've been warned. You've been warned. There's an adorable worm, Sir Gilman, <laughs> and I'm in love with him because he's great. <laughs> Is he husband? Okay. No. Okay. He's a no. worm. He's just charming. I mean, he's he reminds me of Sir Didymus from Labyrinth. Like, amazing. really, really overconfident, but also can come through. Like, he's not. It's not based on nothing. He's got some skills. <laughs> um. So you have a thing for like reptiles and like. <laughs> I didn't say he was Husbando. No, no, Britt threw that in there, trying to force Husbando into the conversation. It's okay to just like an animal character for it being a cool animal. We're talking yes. to Steimer here, but I won't interrupt hey, with more Husbando. No Husbando talk. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, I don't like him in that way. He's just a friend. Okay, <laughs> friendo. He's a friendo. Um, and then there's I already forgot her name, but the harpy character you get. I think is really cool too. Um, and I'm just like, I'm just digging it more and more. Like, is there adding more people and it's changing the elements of the game and you play it differently? Although I screwed up. So I'm like, I'm playing the harpy like I'm playing. Nope, can't do that. Oh crap. Like, she's dead. Whoops. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so I'm definitely having a little bit of a learning curve because they do throw so many characters at you. Um, but I'm still like super into it and want to play more. Have you found a good balance for who you want to level up and who you don't? Because that was my challenge as they kept adding additional characters. I was like, but I want to level everybody up. No, I never. I am not that person in games. I very clearly like pick my favorites and go for them. Like Faye, never use her. Don't like her. Not not that I don't like her as a character, but I do not like her in the rights. Um and so my favorites typically are like Rookie. It's fast and quick. I like the fast and quick ones. Although I will use... Yeah, I know. <laughs> fast and quick are the same word. I don't know why I just said that's the same quick. thing. Fast and quick. Fast, fast and, and quick. quick. <laughs> but I think what I meant to say is small and quick. Which, anyways. But um, the, the, the characters that could move throughout the map very nimbly are my favorite characters. So I'm leveling Rookie. I'm just ignoring all of you. I, I'm <laughs> Sorry, it was just the way that Alexa so aggressively put the pillow away. <laughs> I didn't see like, that. No, that's, no, no. No. Not what she said. I'm sorry. Not. I'm going okay. to get together. Um, I tend to only use Jody when I have to. And not, not not that you ever have to, but like I did um Sandra so like there's a there's a character in the game where you would you can super level up your characters. They'll give you like a special token if you manage to get past um a trial right with just one character. So like Jody has her own different challenge. Uh Rookie has their they all have their own different ones. So they unlock eventually throughout the game. It's all not all at once. So doing Jody's, I was like I don't know that I'm ever... I, I did it on the second try, but the first playthrough, I was like, holy crap, I'm really bad with her. I just don't know why, but she's just really too slow for me, and that's not usually what I go for. But actually, after doing that specialized right, 
I used her more in like the coming ones because I kind of got a better feel for her. Um, that said, yeah, Faye, I ne- I'm never going to use. I don't care about her. Uh, main yeah, I dude named bro. mine Shay instead of oh. Faye. Oh, that's right. You name her. I forgot about that. Um, and I don't think I'll ever use the main dude again. I've already forgotten his name. Sorry. <laughs> He's Husbando material, though. He's hot. He's cute. The yeah. Husbando. 10 out of 10 would bang. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, I'm going for, I'm going for the worm. I'm going for the imp and I'm going for rookie. Like those are tend to be the ones I go for. Although I'm now starting to add harpy lady into the mix. And I'm very sorry that I'm butchering all these names. Um, but then the other thing actually that you had mentioned, or I think a comment in our Patreon video or our YouTube somewhere, uh, had talked about how the language was crafted. It's not just like a random gibberish language. It's mm-hmm. actually a real thing. I've started Correct. listening more to it. And I hear it now. And I'm actually more appreciative of it. So thanks, whoever commented that. Thank you. Yeah, and I I would like to clarify. I apologize if I made it sound like the language in the game was just random gibberish. um, Kind of like... I thought it was. Earl's gibberish in Borderlands. It's not like that. Um, It is a a very crafted language that they that the folks at uh, Supergiant Games have put a lot of time into. So, um, thank you for that clarification. And yeah, it's um, I'm intrigued to learn that that's cool that you're starting to like recognize specific parts of it. It just sounds more now that I I know to sort of listen. I can hear parts of it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is a language, isn't it? It isn't just like. I don't know gobbledygook <laughs> it's not gobbledygook it's a real thing there's there's a method to the madness yeah well cool um yeah I'm looking forward to playing more of that as well so um we had lots of games to play we have lots of games yet to play we played a lot of games um what are you ladies looking forward to to trying out uh next week Uncharted's coming out Uncharted is coming Uncharted a code for Yakuza Kimawari to dig into. I do love those Yakuza games. So, And Undertale is out. Undertale is out on PS4. Yeah. Well, it's not new, but yes. No. no it's it's new, for, new. new for a platform. I put a couple hours into it. Um, by next week, I should have it finished. So I can talk about Undertale then. Fantastic. Well, thanks for hanging with us and hearing all about our hands-on impressions. We are going to take another quick break, and we will have some more What's Good Games for you on the other side. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This episode of the What's Good Game podcast is brought to you by Nick Chester's Moment of Silence. We will now observe a short moment of silence in honor of Nick Chester's lack of free time. Everybody, thank you. <laughs> the face that Steimer is making is so oh, good. Fuck. If, if if you have never joined us on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash what's good games to check out the video version of this show, I highly encourage you to do so. Today's is a today's is a good one to start with, if this is where you're gonna start. 
You just want to show off your Animal Crossing shirt. We've had I do, but we've we've had some pillow (laughs) antics. There've been some faces. And then when you have time, go back and watch the episode that Brittany animated. Oh yeah, that's that was really my finest work. So good. Um, Okay, so this week on our third segment, we are taking another listener email listener email so we have said that if you guys would like to contact us you can email us at contact at whatsgoodgames.com that's our email you can reach out to us on twitter what's good underscore games you can leave us a message on facebook our facebook page facebook.com slash what's good games we got a good community building over there and speaking of facebook communities i want to give a shout out to all of the awesome admins of the what's good games fan page yes They are lovely people who are running the What's Good Games community fan page, and um, there's a really nice sense of camaraderie there, some really fun posts. Um, And if you guys are ever interested in checking it out, um, you can do so on Facebook. So shout out to those folks. So this one comes from Matt. He says, good evening, What's Good Games panel. I have a question for you ladies that I would love to hear your response on. Simply put, what game that was in development and then canceled would you want to go back into development until it was finished and released? If you want to add depth to the question, how much would you pay to have the game finished and released? Mine would very clearly be Mega Man Legends 3. I'm a baller on a budget, so I think I would top out (laughs) at 2.5 times the regular price to be able to have that game. So seeing as it would have been a 3DS game, I would pay around $100. Wait. You would pay $100 to fund the development of a video game? I think I've paid $200 to fund the development of a video game I on think, Kickstarter. I think what he's saying is that he would pay $100 as opposed to your usual price tag for the okay, game. So yeah, what, what you, you would pay, pay for, for the, the game. game. Gotcha. Yeah. You What Kickstarter did you give $200 to? I, th- I think there was two, actually. I did one. One was, um, wow. My brain's really done. <laughs> <laughs> the double fine one. What is wrong with me? Broken age. I gave broken age. Thank you. Oh my you god. Go. My brain just went doop. It happens. It happens when you get older. <laughs> um but I gave them two hundred bucks and then I gave uh the hero U devs two hundred bucks. And then I never gave another Kickstarter any. No, that's not true. I got Pillars of Eternity, but I only paid enough to uh, get the game in that one, so it was like fifteen or twenty bucks. I have the incredible misfortune to have backed at a significant amount both Project Phoenix <laughs> and Unsung Story, both abject Kickstarter failures. Those JRPGs that were never made. Unsung Story actually, like the game was bought by Little or like the whole project was bought by Little Orbits, and they're going to finish it mm-hmm. almost four years after that Kickstarter went live. Yeah. So I have never backed anything on kickstarter ever again um as That's for the game fair. the game that i would like to revive yes alexa ray i wrote a story i wrote a story about this um two three no yeah last year last do we, year on GameSpot. do we need to grab a snack no oh. i'll make this one short um, i like snacks to make to make it very very short uh uh many 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 moons ago it uh, a small studio in Sweden uh, called Grin went out of business and had like a a um, closing sale or closing auction or whatever, and it became known to the public that Grin was working on a Final Fantasy game funded by Square Enix. It was a Square Enix sanctioned Final Fantasy game, the first 
major installment to be made outside of Japan. Uh, some of the mobile games have had involvement from outside studios, but this would be the first one made out of Japan. And it was a, <clears throat> a sequel, what would be the second sequel to Final Fantasy XII. My least favorite Final Fantasy. However, why do you want this game, you ask Alexa, when you hated Final Fantasy XII so much? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> the game sounded awesome. Uh, the game was codenamed Fortress, and it, you played as a character that was kind of meant to be the original protagonist of Final Fantasy XII. And you see all of the characters in a new, somewhat unsavory light, and you spend most of the game in this giant fortress that kind of slowly gets destroyed around you. And it would be the fortress and then like surrounding lands where you would go and get your resources. And the whole premise was there's this ancient prophecy that every 10,000 years, this king comes out of the sea with his fish armies and attacks the land. And this fortress was built as like the last bastion um, or the first gate, I guess, the first bastion of keeping this king from coming on land. And people forgot it. And the legend like, oh, it's not real. It's a story. Well, lo and behold, not a story. Fish king's coming. <laughs> so the Final Fantasy twelve people go, oh, we got to go battle the fish king now. And they travel to like the edge of the world and reside in this giant fortress and fight him. And every chapter you're fighting in a different area of the of the fortress and utilizing that landscape it's kind of tower defense but more like more akin to the fortress battles that i saw that you see in like shadow of war where you go in with your army and then have to fight your way through and then you have that last big boss battle and this sounded really cool there were boss battles where like krakens would fight up walls and you would like have to like do like a zelda style plant bombs to take people out um, the story was really dark and had like a really sad ending, which is not something you see a lot of Final Fantasy games have. Like it wasn't a poignant sad ending. It was just a sad, sad ending, no matter what you did. And it sounded really cool. And the story I wrote for GameSpot, I got in touch with uh, Ulf Anderson, who was one of the studio heads um, back at Grin. And he um, gave me, and they're published on GameSpot.com, published... Uh, the storyboards for the game along with the complete summary of it and it sounded really really cool and a lot of the gameplay stuff sounded cool so I would 100% loved would have loved to see this game come to fruition I'd love to see an outside studio do something with Final Fantasy um, as for what I would pay for the game if it came out like I would pay that like full full price plus plus $30 season pass whatever it is for it because it sounds so cool and I spent two and a half years researching this story and trying to get in touch with the people involved in it. So I have a very personal stake in it. Um, so yeah, that is what I would like to see come back is the canceled fortress from Grin. All right. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about um, canceled games was one, I think one of you girls might be talking about. Um, so I'm going to pick something maybe a little bit more obscure. So, um, Bioware. Say the first one, though. What, what was that? Oh, are you going to say the first one? The one that you think... One Star of Wars 1313. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, I'm going to talk about Bioware's game that I got to see at PAX many, many moons ago. So, they were making this game called Shadow Realms. It was a 4B, 4v1 action RPG being developed by the Austin studio, which is now shuttered. So... This was first Austin announced during still working on Star Wars. Bioware's Bioware's yeah. team, yeah, that's the Star Wars uh, MMO team. But they're but it's no longer open in Austin, is it? I didn't think they closed it. Did they? Hold on, let me Google this. 
I thought they did. Um, But please correct Mm. me. I could potentially be very wrong about this. So um, this game, um, I'm going to read a little description here. So set on modern day Earth and a parallel world known as Embry would have players taking on the roles of magic wielding heroes caught in a war to save humanity against the evil shadow legions. So this got um, got canceled because really I think what the root of it was was that the the concept was just a little too abstract so the way that it played was it was four player co-op and then there was like a like a an overlord like the fifth person was like almost like the dungeon master um, in in D&D where they got to kind of change the the play pieces throughout the level and the idea was that the four players would have to work together to get through the level and fight off the monsters while working against this dungeon master essentially like pulling the strings behind the scenes trying to make it impossible for them to finish like putting obstacles like spikes on the floor or sending out different waves of monsters or mm. essentially like throwing everything they could at them to prevent them from being able to complete their task or finish the level. And I thought that was a really kind of interesting idea. You know, this 4v1 multiplayer thing has been explored a couple of other times. I thought Evolve did a nice job with it. Um, the the Turtle Rock Studios who, you know, from Left 4 Dead fame made that multiplayer game. Did you guys ever play that game? What? With the monsters, oh, yeah. with the hunters, Evolve. and then you had to, one person I didn't, played the I monster. Didn't, I yeah. I've seen it, but I, I didn't play it. I actually really liked that game. Yeah, it was fun. But um, Fable Legends also, although, and they also <laughs> they also canned that one. Uh-uh. Fable Legends worked a similar way. Um, so I thought it was a really cool idea, and it was a game that I was excited about playing and thought that was going to be really neat. And then they canceled it, and I was wah, like, wah. why? Wah. I- I played a game very similar. That's why I'm looking at my phone. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was a few years ago, and it was just like that. It was D&D, but it was like the 4v1 Dungeon Master real-time combat. And I did a demo of it. Um, I'm trying to remember what that name was. But it was very similar to that. That's what it was. So was it that? No, this was, um, I think, Sword Coast Legends is the name of it. Oh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I played this in 2015, so PAX West two years ago. But if you're interested, let me know, and I have some info for you, girl. I haven't seen. I've been looking. I see nothing about Bioware Austin closing. They definitely had layoffs and stuff, but as far as I'm aware, that's where the team, and according to the internet, still the MMO team is there. It's probably a much smaller team than what was once there. Okay. Ah, uh, wah. Well wah. done. Um... What I would pay for that game? I don't know, actually. I, the same? The normal amount? I guess I was never really, like, super invested in a game that got canceled. Yeah, that was my struggle with that part of this question. Is Part of me was like, I probably wouldn't pay anything other than... The normal what, price? I would normal, yeah. than the normal price, because I... If it was canceled, it was probably canceled for a reason, um... That being said, it doesn't mean that you're not sad about it, but you kind of have to trust that somebody knows what they're doing. You never got like Hopefully. turbo invested in a game and then they were like, goodbye. Forever. Turbo invested? I like to no, call that. Slightly like call invested? That sure. The versus 13 effect. Okay, so why I do mean, you like to call it that? Because Final yeah. Fantasy versus 13 
was in development forever and people were like no it's coming eventually i'm into it and they're like surprise it's this other game and doesn't look anything like the original trailers i think i would be i would feel that way if ubisoft had come on stage or done an interview at e3 this year and said hey i know we talked about bringing beyond good and evil 2 back but we just aren't gonna anymore then i probably that probably would have been the first one that i would have been like pretty crushed about yeah. But they didn't. Instead, they showed a cool thing and they're like, we're working on it, guys. It's going to be another five years before it comes out. Hope you don't mind. Well, people <laughs> lost their minds. People cried. It was a good moment. Yes. Including the people on stage. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, what do you pick, Slimer? So I have um, one quick one because I, I don't really... It, it's probably for the best that it did get canceled. Um, but I thought... Uh, Dragon Scale? That was the name of it, right? I'm not making that up. The Scalebound? Act- Scalebound. Scalebound. Shit! Why did I call it Dragon Scale? Anyway. Is there's a dragon in it? There's a dragon in it. I blocked that <laughs> I think out of my memory. Of like, uh, anyways, I, I, I didn't like the protagonist. He was too dude bro-y. But I liked the idea of having like a co-op dragon game with friends. Like, that sounded fun. Um, but it rest in peace. Uh, the game <laughs> I actually care about, though, and was really quite sad when it was canceled was titan um, titan blizzard's titan because i really dig mmos and the fact of the matter is i kind of missed the boat on early wow days and i kind of wished i hadn't yeah. um so i was really excited to get in on the ground level of a blizzard mmo so and then they just well, pulled the rug out from under me what was so, titan supposed to be like amazing the world <laughs> next best greatest mmo of all time well i have to go pull up the oh. things on it because i don't i didn't i didn't copy paste any uh anything out but i just remember that i remember feeling that gut punch for sure when they had the articles going out the titan was officially canceled so um, i think the interview was with polyon but blizzard did say that pieces of titan were like overwatch right has yeah. has has concept from titan in it yes it's just not the game so according to um to mr jason trier over at kotaku jason who spoke to people at ex blizzard employees who worked on it he says that it would have taken place on a near future version of earth in a science fiction depiction of the world where mankind has successfully fought off an alien invasion players would join one of three factions waging a cold war over control of the planet in zones planned for the game it ranged from the west coast of the united states to europe south america and australia according to a source blizzard's plan was to make the game world huge and to keep adding areas with expansions in the years after launch as you do with an mmo so that's like the basic concept I just wanted another Blizzard MMO, but well, a new fresh girl, one. There's a whole story about but this that thing. That sounds cool. Well, we're not going to read the whole thing unless Damn you want it. me to read the whole thing. If you want to know no, all no. about what Titan Google was it. supposed to be, <laughs> there's an article on Kotaku called Here's What Blizzard's Titan Actually Was mm-hmm. that you can read all about and then get sad because it's never going to happen. Well, Stop well. trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> oh. Sad <laughs> So when I was thinking about this, my first gut reaction was Earthbound 64, because that went through a crazy development cycle over 12 years. It was starting, development started in 1994 on the Super Nintendo, 
and then it went to the N64, and then it was going to do the N64 DD, and then went back to N64. It was briefly a concept for GameCube, and then in 2006, it was finally re-released for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, so I don't really know if I can count that as a game that never released. Yes. But, uh, sure, why not? Well, thank you, Samer. I don't have to talk about my next one, but I'm going to anyway. Um, the the one thing that it's not necessarily a game game. Um, Zel- the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, Ura. Alexa, I butcher this every Ura. time. Ura. Ura. Uh, and so essentially, that translates to another. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. And so this all went down in the mid '90s when I was like seven or eight years old. So how things actually transpired, I'm not totally sure because I wasn't paying attention at the time. Um, and now that I'm trying to like look at information, there's lots of convoluted theories and stories um, ranging from all sorts of different ideas. But basically, what Ura was, what the theory that makes the most sense to me is that Ocarina of Time was going to launch with the disc, the N64 DD. And for some reason, they scaled it back to fit on the N64 cartridge. And in doing so, they had to scrap content. And so after that had happened, um, Miyamoto had said that Ura was out there and that it had new dungeons, new areas, new quests, new characters, new lands, all of these rad new things to do. And then the N64 DD flopped, failed, and we never even got an official release here in the U.S., so everyone's like, hey, where's that content? Where are all these new temples and dungeons? And then Master Quest released for the GameCube, which was essentially they took Ocarina of Time and reworked some of the te- the temples and dungeons. So the layouts are different. And Miyamoto has said, that is your Ocarina, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. Ura. But everyone's like, no, it's not because there's no new dungeons. There's no new temples. There was a unicorn temple that was teased supposedly at some point, and there are pictures of it. Um, a unicorn temple? Yeah. Like, literally. I want a unicorn temple. Yeah. And so I would give my ovaries and an, an undisclosed wow. amount of money if I could get this content. So how it was supposed to work is that you were supposed to be able to take the cartridge, the N64 cartridge, and then put in the like magnetic drive, I think is what they were calling it, um, into the N64 DD, and then it would open up like new content for you. It was supposed to be essentially DLC. And I think a lot of that content got scrapped, and now it's floating out in the nether, and I don't think any of us will ever really get our hands on it. But I would pay a lot for that. I can't put a limit on it because I'm kind of crazy when it comes to these sorts of things, and I might spend a lot. So I don't know. You just said you would throw yourself into early menopause for this game. Yeah, I would. It's true. That is what you said. (laughs) I would, essentially. I would give up any children. uh, That might be an overstatement. But I would give a lot to have that in my life. A lot, a lot. Okay, so I don't know if you can necessarily put a price on that. But um, I did want to talk about Star Wars 1313. So so this game... (laughs) Is something that sounded super awesome to a lot of us out there. Yeah. Gritty take on the Star Wars universe follows the exploits of a young Boba Fett exploring an underground area of Corsicant known as Level 1313. But when Disney purchased Lucasfilm, it made the decision to change the Star Wars franchise position from an internal development to a licensing model for Star Wars video games. So... Fun story. At a bar with an undisclosed person. Okay. 
at an undisclosed gaming convention. Oh my god, did we have the same experience? I got to see some f- gameplay footage of Star Wars 1313. Yes. Mm-hmm. Go I on. I can't say who showed it to me. Sure. But I can say Not that asking. I saw it and I freaked the fuck out when I saw it. I was like, how did somebody kill this game? Now, I don't know what kind of vertical slice I saw, what portion of the game it was. Many drinks had been had when this person showed this piece of footage to me that they clearly weren't supposed to show me. (laughs) Um, But this was many years ago now at this point. And um, it was was interesting to me that um, something like this could be such a potential huge project and a company like Disney would squash it, you know, like, and, and I was, and I know that there's so many moving parts to it. Like, you know, there was something to do with, you know, EA acquiring the Star Wars license to make these video games and the deals that they had in place with the other studios that were making said video games. We now know that there's like four separate studios working on Star Wars stuff currently. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know like how this game kind of fell through the cracks. I would like like a really nice backstory of somebody. <laughs> Maybe we can commission Danny O'Dwyer to to do a no clip Ooh, on yeah. what happened with Star Wars thirteen yes. thirteen. So it's not out yet, but our good friend Jason Schreier, previously mentioned in this segment, I wouldn't call him a good friend. For the record, your good friend, maybe. <laughs> so he—I don't know him at all. Maybe he has a book. He has a book coming out um, in, I think, next month about uh, called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, and it's a bunch of stories about in development games. I have a pre-release copy. I'm almost done with it, and the last chapter is on Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Does he spill the goods? I haven't gotten there yet. <gasps> Wait, you, but you said you have the chapter. I do. It's sitting She's in my not house. Done with I've been it yet, though. It in order. I just finished the Uncharted Four chapter. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, it's 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 really good. But I'm excited to get to that one, and I I'm glad they put it at the end of the book because it feels like the cherry on the Sunday. Yeah, for that particular game. I also heard for thirteen thirteen. I've heard that I've heard of a lot of um, uh, element cannibalization within the Lucasfilm story group and the wider media properties working on it. And I don't know if any of you have watched Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars cartoons. No, and no. so in one of the later seasons, um, Ahsoka, one of the main characters, actually ends up in that seedy seedy underbelly of the bounty hunters which is where 1313 would have taken place um the like underbelly of coruscant i think it was Mm -hmm. and she goes down and 1313 is a reference to level 13 and her story takes place on levels i think it's like she goes to level 14 like 15 14 and like 12 not 13 and it's sort of a a unspoken spoken thing that like the concept for and these episodes came out long after 1313 was canceled so it's sort of the the idea that like this same idea was taken and repurposed and used in another piece of star wars media so it's sort of like it's like looking at it but not but the idea survived the game just did not hmm. i feel like with the with the guts being made of this game, why wouldn't you just let a studio pick it up and make it? 
You know, like because we're all waiting with bated breath for what Amy Hennig is doing with Star Wars, right? Like, I yes. think we all can agree that yes. Like, yes, can't wait. This That's is the, the one. one. Like Battlefront, sure, that looks cool, bro. But like, but what is Amy Hennig Amy. doing with Star Wars? Yeah. When did we get to see that game? And I think that you know, from what I've heard about the development of thirteen thirteen, and you know, what I saw with my own eyes, like I was like, this looks like it'd be real cool. Why didn't you make this game? Please don't tell me the bureaucracy, like the red tape of video game politics is what killed this game, which I think is sadly probably, probably what ended up doing it. Probably. That game, I probably should have picked as my first bet now that I'm talking through it. It might have been. That's okay. Now that I, I think about it and the direction that they've completely taken Star Wars after the purchase, like they've moved, they've moved away from characters like i know like boba fett was like a fan fascination like he mm-hmm. became popular because fans became obsessed with him and i feel like maybe it was a conscious decision on their part to move away from him specifically and that kind of thinking and then focus on like new characters maybe possible yeah. but i mean they still are clinging on to all the other old characters maybe because they're still they're now back in the new trilogy so not all of them star wars spoilers yeah well Whatever. Not all of them. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, murmur. Any others, ladies, that come to mind? I mean, we could talk about Silent Hills. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, man. That game did not exist. That was a pretty trailer. <laughs> that was a that was a fappy thing. That's a lot of things that happened though. <laughs> was just it, pretty trailer? Was it artistic fapping? That was oh, artistic was fapping. Yeah, it was good. Oh yeah, it was great. It was cool, but it was that's pretty much the definition of it. That game well, did yeah. not exist. well, no, I think I was really excited about Guillermo del Toro making a video game. Yeah, I spoke to Guillermo del Toro on a red carpet at the Video Game Awards in like 2010 or something like that. 2011, maybe. Uh, I still have the 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 interview online somewhere where I asked him about this video game he was making with THQ back when they existed. Insane. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. I remember and that. Like, so so when he talked to when it came forward and he was going to be making Silent Hills with Kojima, I was like, this is going to be great. And then it got canceled. And I was like, when is Guillermo del Toro going to make a goddamn video game? Guillermo del Toro. He's not now because he was burned so bad and he's disgruntled about video games. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. He was in the last um, Death Stranding trailer. Oh, was he? He was. He was the guy, the guy holding the baby, walking through the sewer, Ooh. hiding from the. Yeah, that was Guillermo del Toro. Okay. <gasps> yeah, Andrea, <laughs> will you play Death Stranding? If it's like it turns out to be kind of horror-y, will you play it? I mean, I kind of have to. I right? know it's a Kojima. You can't joint. cover your eyes though. I know. How about Let's I sit next to you while you play it? Perfect. Yeah, I'll be there too. I can do that. I'm also scared. Just feed okay. me shots and I'll be good. Okay, okay good. <laughs> All right. So um, that'll probably wrap it up for this week unless there's some parting thoughts. Love you all. Thank yeah. you for the amazing community on the social medias. I see all of you and you are greatly appreciated. Yeah, we love all of you guys. Don't come hesitate to, to reach out to us at all. Yes, and come to PAX if you are going to be in the Seattle area. We'll have, um, we're, I know I've mentioned that we're having a, a meetup. The details are getting TBD. finalized. 
as we speak. <laughs> and um, when we do the show next week, we'll have the final details for you, I hope. Fingers Sweet. crossed. But um, yeah, a big thank you to all of our fans over on Patreon who support us every month. We wouldn't be here without you guys. That's patreon.com slash what's good games. We recently did um, some feedback interaction with you guys. Know that we are processing it all. We're compiling it all. We're going to um, go over it. There's some really great ideas, some really constructive stuff. So thank you so much for you know having a dialogue with us about our content. You know we're we're new. We're still figuring out what this show is going to be long term, and you know we want you guys to be part of that conversation. We want this to be a, a nice symbiotic relationship. So um, yeah, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be working on some stuff. So, yeah. thank you for hanging with us while we work out the kinks and make this the best show on the internet. <laughs> All right, so that's going to be it for us for this week. Everybody have a fantastic weekend, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.